0: walk out the door you see someone that you know and they ask you how you are and you just have to say that you're fine
1: when you're not really fine but you just can't get into it because they would never understand hello you're listening to you okay hun a weekly advice podcast i'm your host The guy who grew his hair to look like Jared Leto but ended up looking like Silent Bob. Dave.
0: I'm Mona Lisa, serial killer, emotion wizard.
1: (laughs) Emotion wizard?
0: Yeah.
1: God, that's amazing. I don't don't know if I can top that with anything. I think we're done this episode already.
0: I just made that up, I don't know. Don't know what
1: that is. Finish the emotion wizard? Yeah. We're going to combine our years of experience listening to people complain and our complete lack of qualifications to solve a mixture of your problems and funny problems other people had that we found on the internet. I will read the problems and my spiritual mentor Mona Lisa will do the emotional labour, provide the realness and guide us to a workable solution, or at least that's how it's supposed to work. If you're enjoying the show, or if you're a regular subscriber, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends. Do those two things. Yeah. Leave a review. Write one out, say like, hey, enjoyed the podcast today, or hey... Say Lisa's
0: better than Dave. Hated the
1: podcast today, go fuck yourselves, losers. One Mm. of the two. But, um, that apparently is how you win podcasts.
0: Hmm. And we want to win podcasts.
1: Yeah, apparently if you just make sure that you have lots of written reviews and people tell their friends, then you're the podcast winner. And you get to be (laughs) in a a chart or something. I don't know. So, do that. Um... I mean, this is the whole bit supposed to be scripted, but I've just gone a bit off. That's off, fine, that's
0: off, fine. I was yawning throughout now. the whole thing, so. Oh, good,
1: <laughs> well, we're off to a fucking flyer, aren't we? Really professional, really engaged. Uh, let's have a look here. We'd also love for you to submit your problems. It can be your problem, a friend's problem, or a problem you found somewhere else. Or fuck it, you can even make it up because we would never know. Your dog's problem. Yeah, if your dog's got a problem. <laughs> Like I don't know I am that well
0: versed I am that well versed in dogs, but I do think that I could be like the Scottish Jackson Galaxy, the cat whisperer guy. So if your cat has a problem, if you have a cat behaviour problem, I feel like we're turning it into a different podcast, but you know, cat problems. Yeah, this is this, right is, in.
1: this is now a pet podcast. <laughs> Only pet problems from now on, please.
0: <laughs> oh my goldfish seems depressed.
1: Yeah. My, my parrot's an asshole. <laughs> my, my dog's are racist. Dogs I, can be racist. I
0: know parrots are assholes. I
1: actually had a racist dog. Whiskey. Yeah, whiskey was racist. He
0: was made of spaghetti, as I, you always describe him. I had
1: a, a dog, and I loved him, but um, oh, oh, he was I guess he was more of a, a problematic fave. <laughs> uh, yeah, I loved him, and he was made of spaghetti, and technically he raised <laughs> me from birth. Because when I was young, my dad uh, would wait till everyone else went to work so he didn't have a job, and then he would take all the housekeeping money when I was a little baby in the cot and be like, I'm going to go to the pub. So he spent all day at the pub, so the dog came in my cot and bit anyone that came near me. So technically, raised by dogs. Which explains why I'm always peeing on the furniture.
0: Do dogs pee on furniture?
1: Yeah, they lift their leg up and pee till they claim it. Ah, okay. Bad dogs do, not good dogs. <laughs> Good dogs that send to their problem and get it solved by us, so they don't pee in the furniture, mm. but bad dogs do. So if you have a dog that pisses on the furniture, tell him to come to me. We'll talk to him. K9AK9. <laughs> whatever. But I haven't read out the links yet. <laughs> to submit, you can tweet us at UKHun Podcast. You can email us on uokhunpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to stay 100% anonymous, you can leave us a message at slash uokhun, and these links will be in the show description. Although, possibly don't send us... Do send us problems. Definitely do that. We have quite a few problems from actual human beings to work our way through now. Yeah, which
0: is fucking awesome. Yeah, we've
1: got problems for the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, awesome.
1: So, uh, please do send us problems. We'd really like for you to send us problems. But just be aware, it might take us a little bit of time to get around to it. If we do get a big backlog, we'll we'll ask, basically say, stop submitting for a while. And then we'll work our way through it. Because I want to make sure everyone's covered.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think we're going to do only one one real problem an episode, just
1: yeah, just to make
0: sure we give our full time and attention to it.
1: Yeah, also because we still want to do funny problems from Reddit. That's true. Because those are the backbone of this show. <laughs> in a way, mm. we get our celebrity right in, We do a real person's problem, get serious for a minute,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then you know we have problems like my 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 girlfriend's a Nazi with a strap on or something else. <laughs> That's a thing.
0: Right, is that a thing? That
1: sounds, it seems like a thing. So, how are you?
0: Yeah, I'm you're okay. just fucking gazing off yeah, into space, like you're, I was. you're leaving I'm me just, around here. To I'm be sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so tired of like. Why are so you tired, busy.
1: Lisa? Do you have any exciting news you want to share with everyone?
0: <laughs> no, I don't really want to talk about it just now. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess I can. So, I just I've been writing a column. Um, Go on. Yeah, and it's about. Women that have been kind of admit, purposely omitted from history
1: may remember our episode about her,
0: <sighs> yeah, she I kind of made her the first one for that reason um
1: the greatest pun I've ever come up with in my life
0: <laughs> that was really good, um yeah, and it should be up on polyestroine soon. 17th, is so. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, but I've been busy and I've had a lot of other work on and I've just been really busy and I'm just really sleepy and I need a day off. So that should be good for podcasts.
1: Yeah. I mean, we did take the weekend off last week to celebrate Easter because we were all devoutly religious. <laughs> um, personally, I celebrated Easter by flagellating myself with a barbed whip and then pouring vinegar in the wind so that I may feel the pain of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you, of course, Lisa.
0: I had work to do, to be honest. Other work. <laughs> I mean, I just really need a day off, to be honest. I, I hate when people are like, I've just been so busy, like, I he's just so busy, like, because you just sort of like, fuck off. But I have been, and I want to, like, just, like, sleep for a while and, like, do nothing. And I want to watch The Great British Bake Off, because I've got really into that, and I didn't watch it before. And I just really like when they drop their cakes.
1: That is the best part. It's when they drop their cakes and get really upset about it. Yeah, when they drop their cakes
0: and cry, it like just makes Cause, my cause whole life. Because do you life. know what?
1: Fuck you. I've only got one baking tray and it's <laughs> fucking all messy and I have to put tinfoil on it when I cook with it. And my oven burns things. I'm not a fucking bougie little middle class asshole who's like, oh, I have many baking trays and I'm going to experiment with lavender and honeyhocks.
0: Is that your, that's your sign of, of middle classness? No? Yeah, lavender case. Bacon trays. Bacon, yeah, if you've got more
1: <laughs> than one bacon tray, you're bougie.
0: I hate to tell you this, son, but we have two bacon trays. But that was a new thing.
1: Yeah, new but thing. I insisted we buy more than one. Yeah, because you're really bougie. <laughs> I was happy enough to just keep the old ratty fucking burnt, bent, Wobbly, shitty old baking tray that makes everything smell like. Look, we
0: already don't clean our oven, so we just needed more baking trays. Is like, yeah. So we just didn't have to do. We could, we could forget that. We can forget the oven cleaning slightly longer if we just have clean baking trays.
1: Life hack: (laughs) Don't clean your oven. Just buy a new baking tray.
0: oh we're fucking garbage people why are we giving anyone <laughs> advice
1: I know um, I'm not wearing my bra today I, think, I feel like I should be wearing my bra I was going to wear my bra because then I thought like halfway through the podcast I might look at me and go "That like, why are you wearing that bra and then I would get to tell everyone that I have a bra now um, but <clears throat> I forgot to to be honest I couldn't be bothered going to get it so I thought I would just kind of crowbar the mention of my bra Well, then, it's,
0: it's so weird that you insist to call it a bra when it's it is bra. not a bra it's a bra I don't think you understand what a bra is
1: it, yeah, I do. And I have one.
0: <laughs> no, you don't.
1: It's most of a bra. It just doesn't have the cups.
0: What do you think? Why do you think a bra goes around your like underarms like that? I don't know. You have like a... Po- what is it what is it actually called?
1: It's a posture-correcting b- shoulder and back brace. Because I am a fucking hunchback. <laughs> I'm Again, like,
0: we're really selling ourselves to give anyone advice.
1: Height-wise, I'm about 6'3", but posture-wise, I'm like 5'7". <laughs> And my grand—that's how my grand went. She died of being she was she was pen over. My grand, um, what happened to her was now it's okay for us to talk about it. like kind of callously because she was <laughs> literally like the worst person.
0: When she slapped you, she was like in our hospital bed dying.
1: Yeah, and she just attacked Lisa. <laughs> anyway, she um, one one after my grandfather died. He was also a racist, <laughs> so it's okay for me to talk about him as well. Uh, so, yeah, once my granddad died, my grand just kind of refused to get out of the chair, so she just sat in a chair all day. But then she just adopted the, the shape of the chair.
0: It's what's known as... She was bent as, over like a prawn. She, yeah, she prawned. Yeah, she, she prawned.
1: prawned. She fully prawned out.
0: <coughs> she prawned. And she was, like, fully, like, when she would walk, she would be, like, facing the ground.
1: Yeah, no, it's literally she'd be, like, looking at her own feet as she walked.
0: <laughs> it was... And that fucking house they lived in, the house had the steepest... Like, the weird thing about it was not very often do you see a house it was a tiny little shitty house yep. but not very often do you see a house that's entire like driveway or whatever is such a steep hill like
1: 45 degrees like, it, was,
0: it was like a struggle
1: she was basically trapped in there like a prawn in a cage how, is that how you get prawns you keep she was them in so
0: iconic she, I had to help her clean up her house before she went into a home, because she went into this really fancy home. She was so unsentimental, it was really iconic. She just kept being like, no, I don't care about this, don't care about that. No, Get rid of it.
1: that's from her, and I hate her. That's what my grandma was like. A real oh, piece of shit, she, she was, she
0: was. She was a bit of a bitch.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, RIP to my gran, another star in the sky tonight.
0: But I think your... has ori- got another angel. <laughs> the original point
1: was... Oh yeah, I got a back break so I don't end up like my nasty old grandmother. <laughs> Uh, so yeah I've got pretty bad posture i got myself a bra <laughs> um, wear it under my clothes Um but you keep calling it a bra yeah because I mean I might as well because look see the second I start correcting people and saying or oh, it's actually a are yeah, correcting yeah, bad praise no, everyone's going to be like brah <laughs> that's true so
0: I yeah, might as well might just as well. Get, get ahead yeah, of the game on I this agree. one right? I agree that's
1: yeah. true anything else we've got to go
0: over this week <laughs>
1: any other other podcast news we've got please, please, please leave a review and tell your friend to listen to this podcast and tell them it's really good and then they'll listen to it as well and we'll get more listeners and then we'll be podcast millionaires because that's how it works every listen is a a pound
0: we really should have started an endeavour that would actually make money
1: well, I don't know, I think
0: I'm really in a lot of professions that don't make money
1: yeah oh Uh, well you're a fancy book cobbler yes Not, not much money in the book cobbling game these days
0: is it called a boot cobbler? I don't know.
1: I just, I'd like to this, have this vision of you in like a little Victorian lane, like cobbling fancy boots with like tassels and Boots, bits not on. books. Yeah, boots.
0: Boots. Right. I don't think you Got can it. cobble a book. No, that's why I thought that was weird. I was like, I don't think that's boot. a thing. Booties. Boot. <laughs> like Booties. A
1: little, like a shiny pirate boot. Right. With a gold buckle.
0: I don't even have that. that. a fancy
1: lad would have... wear to Sunday school. Mm.
0: Don't even have that trade. No. <laughs> no. Okay, Cool. Cool. Thanks,
1: thanks for going with my fancy lad thing, there. <laughs> You're really breathing a lot of life into the podcast this week. <laughs> Shall we uh, uh-huh. get stuck at the old mailbox? Yeah,
0: okay. tomorrow. get some water.
1: Right, Russell, 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 Russell. Ready for this? Yes. Here we go. <clears throat> How ya, Mona Lisa and Dave? I used to be on top of the world. Nothing could get in my way or hold me back. My name was up in lights. I was truly notorious, but after a couple of innocent misunderstandings, my reputation has suffered a technical knockout. I've always liked having a scrap, but when I found out as a young fella that I could fight people, for money, without being arrested, and everyone would tell me I was a good boy for doing it, my fate was sealed. Imagine how happy I was Knowing there was somewhere I could stand toe to toe with another willing gladiator. The crowd roaring in our ears, and every synapse of my being buzzing with raw adrenaline, ready to do battle, to dodge and weave, lunge and grab, punch and kick. To focus all of my repressed rage, every rejection and belittlement, my darkest fears and frustrations into angry fists that lock in on another living, breathing creature and with every swing channel my primal urge to maim and murder to connect my knuckles to a bewildered face with enough force to shatter concrete and watch the light go out in his eyes as the inside of his brain rattles off his skull to stand bloodthirsty and salivating as his soul leaves his body his life force snuffed out to feel true power oh, sorry I got a touch carried away there (laughs) ignore that yes, yes I am a fighter, the former lightweight and featherweight UFC champion no less. Unfortunately, due to the fact I haven't actually fought there since 2016 and because of a series of incidents of unruly behaviour over the last few years, my star is beginning to fade. Last year I was recorded calling someone a homophobic slur. In my defence, I didn't think anyone was listening, so I didn't have to pretend not to be a bigot. And I made a lame apology for it on TV, without addressing any of the structural violence that such a slur can carry. Then, I decided to jump into the cage at a different fighting company before a match was over, and then tried to fight a referee for not letting me do whatever I want, whenever I want to, just because I could beat him in a fight. And most recently, I'm just after getting bailed out of jail for throwing a chair and a big mad trolley at a bus because some boys said they could beat me in a fight and that's not true I could beat them in a fight and I'm angry that they said that so I can throw a big heavy thing at a bus if I want to because I'm strong and it's not fair that they said that it's not even true I'm the best at fighting the boys and they're all gay anyway what should I do? I suppose it is probably against the law to throw a large metal object through the window of a packed coach, cutting people with glass and causing a scene, but I've always been praised for acting up, and these escalations are surely the natural result of a feedback loop of my being rewarded for the worst excesses of Toskic masculinity, which are fine as long as they can be written off as boys being boys and monetised to line the pockets of exploitative fight promoters. I feel like I'm spiraling out of control here, but at the same time, the only coping mechanisms I have is to solve my problems through violence. What should I do? Yours, Connor McGregor. P.S. Up the Ra.
0: <laughs> well, Connor. Well. Well, what would you make of that, Lisa? Well. Well. There were some bits he got slightly carried away. He did. Yeah.
1: His words, not mine.
0: Yep. That's true. The, the
1: views of Mr. McGregor do not represent the views of You Okay Hunt podcast.
0: I didn't know that about the slur.
1: Yes, he called someone the F word.
0: Great.
1: And then he went on TV to say, ah, it was, you know, it was in private, I didn't realise it was, it was being recorded, you know, uh, like, that makes it better. That
0: old chestnut.
1: And everyone was yeah. like,
0: oh look, he said he's sorry, so it doesn't matter. Right, yeah.
1: So Otherwise
0: known uh, as that, I'm not sorry, I'm just sorry I got caught.
1: So if anyone is not doesn't have their life poisoned by lots of, kind of Joe Rogan fan, UFC enthusiasts... Conor McGregor is an Irish man who likes to fight in in the fighting, and he's been a naughty boy recently. He threw a, a big trolley through the window of a coach and made some glass. It's funny though because eyes. all
0: I heard about this was Conor McGregor attacked bus, which in my <laughs> head was like him out there with yeah. the UFC gloves on, just like punching it. And I thought, oh holy, oh Berbatov oh, the cat's, the cat's here. here, he's got an insight.
1: I'd like to punch him. Give me barrels.
0: He's just a really. Insightful cat.
1: He really is. He just knows all about the UFC and toxic masculinity and the structural fucking. Oh god, I can't. I mean, I can't even think of words because I'm so annoyed at the cat right now. And he's not <laughs> annoyed. It's okay. Cat, you can't run off. I didn't even do anything. Yeah, so Conor McGregor um, uh-huh. is a bad boy basically, and he got on Trump's and technically he could get five to seven years in jail. Um, oh really? Yeah, that's like because it's like. Um, criminal misdemeanor and assault and stuff um, but it's like could well, maximum sentence obviously um, someone as so rich and white actually, as him is not going to get
0: that uh, were people actually injured
1: yeah a few two, two people I think had to cancel their uh, fights oh, at wow. the UFC because all the glass went in their face and cut Shut. them badly and stuff So,
0: I mean uh, one part I mean I don't really know that much about Conor McGregor you uh, don't uh, need to I don't think a part of me is impressed by his like you know he's got a lot of charisma Yes. But you you kind of, the thing is, you kind of know know what kind of guy Conor McGregor is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I went to school with loads of Conor McGregor types. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And I don't know if this phrase is a phrase that other people have, but you would call them a wideo.
1: Yeah, totally. If anyone doesn't know the Scottish vernacular.
0: Yeah, I guess how would wide. be the best. Being wide
1: is like being cheeky or brash or I think if you were like, people in Glasgow sometimes say gallus.
0: Oh, I've never heard that.
1: Yeah, it's like a really kind of, To be honest, it's like. It's written off as like Glasgow slang, but actually it's like what posh. posh people from Glasgow say to appear to be working class. No, that's pure Gallus.
0: Ah, got it.
1: But there's there's always a kind of colloquialism in Scotland for people that are quite kind of cheeky and bold and. you know. Uh,
0: yeah, and I think the problem is a lot of the time these guys um, have this sort of like energy about them, and at times it's very dangerous but a lot of the time they maybe don't end up in the position of power as someone like Conor McGregor.
1: Yeah, well that's the thing, isn't it? It's like like I said in the letter, you know, he's never developed beyond a 20 something laggard mm. or even like a pure teenage fucking hoodlum. Well, I mean because he, he, he gets rewarded constantly uh-huh, for like
0: well, he's been ultimately being that way has got him to where he is. So, why would he fucking change that? But then that's something that's happened throughout history. Like, you know, we, you're kind of finding this person and sort of pushing them into this world. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I think Conor McGregor needs to kind of realise that he's just a pure cog in that machine of like professional fighting. Yeah. He ultimately doesn't matter.
1: No, because he's only as good as the promoter that's behind him. Basically, like well, you can be really good at fighting or whatever, and you can be a big pure ego boy. But if people aren't making money off you, you are done. Look at, you mm-hmm. know, I was going. to Joe, I'm not going to get into a big. I'm not. I don't know a lot of any MMA. I know a reasonable amount, but I'm not really going to go down the line of MMA because it's not that interesting. It's kind of shit. And you know, MMA and podcasts equals Joe Rogan, and I do not want people. to think we're trying to be like Joe Rogan here.
0: Well, I mean. I really, I mean, oh no, no one would think that because we're not that dumb.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's totally true. We're just like this fucking like line of like fucking pseudo intelligentsia people coming in and just like convincing Joe Rogan that everything they say is completely accurate. He's like, wow, I don't think about it that way. Have you ever smoked DMT?
0: Yeah, he'll be like, <laughs> someone will sit and say this a really like huge thing and then he'll be like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Have you ever fucked on meth? You know what I mean. You're just like what? I'm fucked on meth. You know what I mean. Like, he just what is he even talking about?
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: He really loves the smell of his own fart, him, right? I
1: love he's got like a full time member of staff to Google things for him while he's doing a podcast, right? As well. Google like, it. Google like, it. You listen to like I don't know, fucking Russell Brand or something. He's just like fucking, you know, well, well learned man. You listen to us. We know our limitations. <laughs> we know our limitations here, guys. Uh, you know, but Joe Rogan is just like, Google it, show me the article. And he'll just be like, did you find the article? Show him the article. There's a cool video of that. Show him the video. And I'm like, this is a podcast. This is for listening to. I don't want to listen to two men watching a video.
0: Right. And I mean, back to Conor McGregor. I mean, oh, yeah. I think that's the weird thing, though. It's like, I, I, and it's so funny because see when you go, especially especially like the further down the class levels. You know, like I came from a really, really working class, like really shitty background, mm-hmm. and there's so many guys like that, and a lot of it they have a lot of paint up aggression, and you know there's no way for them to sort of productively challenge that. Maybe they're not super academic, you know that there's a lot of kind of aggression and anger and violence in that, and a lot, of and you know. I can't even imagine if one of them starts to realise, hey, I can make money doing this Mm. and it actually gets to the level of success and wealth that he does. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're kind of creating a monster. You're taking the worst qualities in someone and making them the sort of only important ones.
1: Well, yeah, plus you end up with someone who's got the influence and power and arrogance that comes with money and success but has never been able to develop beyond someone who just kind of goes with their most base instinct. And you know me, I don't care about
0: people and their babies, but I have seen, I think, him redress his baby up in a matching suit.
1: Which, obviously, you're always here for. DJ Khaled, the king of that. Well, I
0: was waiting to say, no one does it as well as DJ Khaled. Like, legitimately. Like, I hate babies, but I'm so here for him and his son.
1: We so blessed. (laughs) I fucking love DJ Khaled so much. Uh, Why is he the cutest man who's ever lived?
0: Oh, he is. He is just a little cute bear. I know. Little.
1: Oh, yeah. But Conor McGregor is not a little cute bear. He's a bad, large, medium-sized bear. He's a bad medium bear. He's little. Yeah, he's quite little. He's a featherweight, isn't he?
0: Do you think that's part of why he's so angry all the time?
1: Yeah, well, I think the reason he's so angry all the time is like... If I could just interject here from the male perspective, because the world needs more male perspectives.
0: Ah, you're right, that is true. We are lacking in that.
1: But weirdly, it's one of those things that I have a very unique insight into. Like, when you're a, a teenage boy, <clears throat> the structure of patriarchy and toxic masculinity, mm. which, you know, exists, some people deny that it exists. And that's so stupid to me because the evidence is literally everywhere.
0: Well I think sometimes people deny it exists because I feel like sometimes people feel like it's somehow a justification for it. Saying something exists is like reasons and excuses are two different things. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're right. But some people deny that it exists outright and like no that's not a thing, but I think no, a lot it definitely of time, exists. but it's defensiveness, isn't it? Because people think when someone says toxic masculinity, you're having a go at them. Oh, Oh, sorry. Not all hashtag, not all men. Let me yeah, let me rephrase that. When a man hears the phrase toxic masculinity, they think you're you are having a go at him, which is basically how that goes. But the problem is toxic masculinity. The concept and the theory of toxic masculinity is that it's bad for men as well, and it is because when you're a teenage boy, what the world teaches you is you're only worth something if you're good at football. Good at fingering girls and good at fighting, or good at fighting, rather. Mm -hmm. Your combination of these three things is what sets your value as a man.
0: Oh, and that's why we need more sort of equality because ultimately, of course, feminism is important because women are more oppressed. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, although what's happening on the male side of things generally tends to work in a lot since we have live in a patriarchal world it tends to work in their favour a lot more. It's still a form of oppression and that's what I think people need to realise about that. Yeah. Berbatov agrees.
1: He's back again. Yeah, um
0: So yeah, what do you think from a why so do you think a lot of that's just that he's not grown out of that sort of youthful yeah. male...
1: Well, I think a lot of men don't, and that's the problem. No, that's true. Well, you know, I think a lot of men develop into this kind of... And, and it's, it is despite the fact that... It, there's a bit of a dichotomy, right? Because toxic masculinity the concept or theory behind it is that it's bad for men as well. That's why, you know, suicide rates are Completely, so high amongst yeah. men, just as an example of one of the reasons. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a system that allows them to kind of maintain a kind of cultural, societal dominance... By falling back on it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like having a superpower like X ray vision, but every time you use it, you get a really sore pain in your balls for days afterwards. There's it's there's do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's a terrible metaphor, but do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. It's a double edged it's a double edged sword, the whole toxic masculinity thing.
0: Oh yeah, totally. So
1: men are basically defending this thing that upholds all the Things that even a man's men's rights activist might say. Well, these are reasons why it's terrible to be a man. Well, that's because of toxic masculinity. Mm. So, <clears throat> when you're a young boy, you're too stupid and young and ignorant, and you don't have enough kind of context about the world at large to under to kind of develop past that a lot mm. of the time. And I think the problem is that. Because you can't develop past it, and because you're young, and because you're seeing immediate results, like, I can tell that girl to shut up and get back in the kitchen, for example, she can't do anything about it because I'm strong and I'll fight her and I've got a dick. Mm. So you just stick with it. Then you end up with this kind of generation of people that have never developed the ability to be introspective in any way. Completely. About their feelings and what motivates the way that they behave. Mm-hmm. And I still fall back on that, so I, just, I have to say this a lot of the time, you know, you sometimes say to me, Dave, you're so woke, how did you get so brave and clever? And <laughs>
0: just, just a side note, I have never said that. <laughs>
1: said it to me right before we started the podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for guiding me on this journey of, of woke and enlightenment. No, but like I do like to I try to be a good ally and I try but mm. you know, I'll slip up and, and because the my brain is structured around this I- ideology and I've always been quite self critical. And that's Mm -hmm. why I think I'm able to kind of look at my own Mm behaviour. But in reality, like, not everyone can do that, or not everyone at least has been guided towards doing that.
0: Yeah, and for so many men, I think that kind of, that sort of, you know, that that sort of basic part of their brain, like, you know, that very sort of... Hmm. Is it the id?
1: Yeah, Conor McGregor totally is the id of a 13-year-old boy yeah. walking about in the... In is it the
0: id or the ego, though? It's the id.
1: I'm is sure it? it's the id.
0: Anyway, the... So, c-
1: technically, I, I've said it's definitely the id, so if we're wrong, I'm wrong, you're absolved. <laughs> you're welcome. Another, another bit of shit <laughs> from me over here.
0: Um, He's yeah, he's kind of like, he's not... I mean, from the... Look, take the example of the bus situation. It It's completely based on, like, you know... There's no, there's no consideration of consequence no. or just appropriate behaviour. There's, It's completely like a gut response. Yeah, it's defensiveness and it's adrenaline and it's, it's... Again,
1: it's going back to not having any feeling of worth unless you're the strongest. Mm. You're the good fight boy.
0: Well, I think sometimes people... And in a way, I think women have been oppressed for so long we almost don't want to hear... uh, And all t there is an element where you just don't want to hear about that, yeah. Because you're just like, oh, whatever. But at the same time, you know, that's kind of my the emotional part of me just wants to be like, I don't want to hear about this. But the rational part of my brain knows that we need to have these discussions. We Mm -hmm. need to talk about this in order to rebalance to create inequality. We need to kind of rebalance the kind of gender relations, and to do that, we need to consider the problematic elements of all of it. And even if we need to consider the problematic elements of the oppressor, mm-hmm. because that's how it works, right? If you're the oppressor, yep. you're the 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 elements that are that are you know that that cause issues mm-hmm. will affect everyone that they oppress. Yeah,
1: and this is it. No one's asking you to kind of uh, <clears throat> like feel sympathy for an abuser or, or in, in any way victim blaming, but I do think we've got a propensity on the whole these days, to call out and exile someone who has problematic views, rather than at least making the attempt, spending the emotional labour, as it were, to try to convince that person or show that person where their behaviour is wrong. And that's fine, because you know what? You don't always have
0: to do that. Well, I think that's the thing. Sometimes we focus on, why should I? Yeah. And again, that there's an emotional part of me that yeah. says that too. Like, why should totally. I? Because why, why I the fuck should I? Yeah, why should I? Right? But at the same point, it's like things will never kind of get solved mm-hmm. a lot of the time if we don't consider that. Like, ultimately, <clears throat> we need to build women up, but we also need to understand the problems within, you know, within men yeah. and how we can actually address those things. Totally.
1: Well, that's that, that is the issue. Look, at the end of the day, there is going to be a huge amount of emotional labour spent trying to right the wrongs of uh-huh. gender inequality. But if no one's willing to do it, it's all well, very well, and good to sit and say, "Well, it should be different, but it won't be." Unless totally. you're, you know, unless well, you're well, willing the to thing. put the effort into, like, to to change the kind of systematic approach to gender that we have as a culture on mass.
0: Completely. Completely, and it's so funny how we've kind of got into this discussion about gender relations. But like, ultimately, I think Conor McGregor is kind of a good example of that sort of very kind of toxic male presence. Absolutely. Um,
1: well, that's that's what he is. He is like the inflated id of a young boy mm. who has learned no kind of introspection, no self control and has no idea about how and why he behaves the way that he is. Well, he just goes completely instinctually. Ultimate, it's funny he's got that monkey on his chest.
0: Yeah, completely, completely. And it's funny because ultimately, you know, society does play a part in that, you know. It's like, the fact of the matter is, is you know, society feeds into his behaviour. Yeah. He acts a certain way and is rewarded for it. You know, even a fucking dog will eventually know, you know, you, once a bell fucking rings... Yeah. They they start they could they will learn totally. hey food's coming and in and a way that's kind of what what Conor McGregor is
1: totally sorry to interrupt you but in a way that's exactly what happened with him though mm. because do you know what it was fine for him at first to be confident right and mm. then it was fine for him to be confident and maybe swear a little bit at mm. the press conferences because that was ratings. Then it was fine for him to get physical and throw things mm-hmm. around at press conferences because he's full of character and he's really picking the ratings in. Then it was fine for him to fucking walk about swearing and throwing things outside of work but as long as it was safe and no one was getting hurt. Yeah. But every time he didn't escalate
0: more more money thrown
1: at him and then suddenly it's like oh you've crossed the line now and everyone's excommunicated but that's
0: kind of the problem with celebrity to be honest you know that's what happens you know we build these people up and then we sort of push. Uh, the pressure gets put on more and more, and everyone pushes and pushes and pushes. And ultimately, it's fine. You're right because so many of these pushes will relate in more money for the people who are, exactly. you know, the you know sitting behind fucking boardroom closed doors. That'll that'll result in money for them. So it's fine. They'll push and they'll push and they'll push. And a lot of the time, you know, then we kind of are like, oh, this person's had a fucking breakdown. And it's like no wonder.
1: So, two conclusions from that. Okay. Number one, all our problems can be traced back to capitalism. Number two... That's true. Conor McGregor's life is a Shakespearean tragedy. <laughs> kind of is. The most beautiful narrative of our generation.
0: I think Conor McGregor just needs to... I mean, do you think his, 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 his... Definitely his recent loss, embarrassing loss, that's not going to help things, is it?
1: What embarrassing loss?
0: To Floyd. Was it not embarrassing? No. Why? I think a loss is embarrassing. Oh,
1: you have no right to be in that ring in the first place. Yeah, no, actually. of course.
0: I've got, No, and I know that. Don't quietly say that. Like, I don't know about boxing. Like, I've just been in... Oh, look at me. I've made a fool of myself about my boxing knowledge. No, I get it. Floyd fucking cuntbag Mayweather is one of the best boxers in the world. Of course, he was never going to beat him. But he would never have went in that ring if he didn't think he stood a chance.
1: Yeah, he absolutely would have.
0: But for the money... Yes. I don't think Conor McGregor's ego... I definitely don't think he was what well, he definitely got in there thinking he stood a chance.
1: And he did stand a chance, but there's not a big enough chance.
0: <laughs> and I don't know. Have a what for I'm you. asking do you think that loss has affected him? Plus, you may think you're getting in there and think, no, it's fine, I don't care about losing, it's just the money. And then you actually lose, and the reality is a very fucking different story. No,
1: I think the press from that, and I think the money he made from that changed him because he hasn't bothered going back to UFC since then. He's, he's been stripped of both his belts. He's been inactive for so long.
0: Ah, is that what it is? Yeah. Wow.
1: So, yeah.
0: So he's just over it?
1: Basically, yeah. But I have a question for you about all this. Okay. Let's just say a listener is listening to this, right? Mm-hmm. And they think, yeah, that sounds about right, but how the fuck does that actually work in practice? How You're someone who's been really good historically at l- showing people their bad behaviour without necessarily alienating them. Uh, how, how would you say the best approaches to that? Because it'd be nice to have some kind of an, a kind of useful takeaway from this.
0: I mean, I think a lot of that's just firstly kind of removing the judgment. I think so. When people are defensive and basically being defensive means they're unwilling to really listen to anything. It's because they fear judgment, and I think you can have conversations about bad behaviour while empathising. Empathy is a really important thing. And trying to remove a lot of that judgment. Um. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what else. Well, that's, that's, it, a- it's difficult, though. It's difficult.
1: Because you've done that to a certain extent with me. I um, thank you for your emotional labour every day mm. in the form of warm cups of tea and smooches.
0: But I guess you try... I mean, again, it's that thing, though, where it's like, like just say we're having a moment where, mm-hmm. you know we're having an argument or you're being shitty or whatever. despite how
1: perfectly sound does happen you know
0: part of me and I think when I was younger it was much harder to do like I'm a very aggressive person mm. probably people could tell that <laughs> and I get very angry very, very easily but I think I try and like take a step back and like, see the whole big picture of someone you know ultimately I think people when they are shitty or they do 30, 30 things there's normally a reason behind a lot of that and a lot of that's just trying to understand can you get empathy there? Can yeah. you try and make a connection as why that person's acting like this? And I think if that person shows a willingness to change or to even just understand their own behaviour, then there's hope. But most, most people won't even want to know. Mm. Most people don't have the desire to change because change is difficult. Growth is difficult, so they just shy away from it.
1: But, if you care about someone, try until you have make sure you've always make sure you've got enough emotional energy left for you. But don't close yourself off to the idea of helping other people on a journey and find change. Because if you shut yourself off to that, the world's gonna be left exactly as it as it is just now. And there's too many assholes and not enough good ones.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of the time when you're trying to make anyone see anything, is to try and see things from their perspective. And that's so difficult. So difficult. Even to do. if you
1: can't see it from their perspective, acknowledge their perspective. That I find that helps mm, a lot. Mm. Just kid on that you, just pretend. And pretend I really like how we
0: always talk about the reasons and excuses. Yes. I think a lot of the time, and that's such a good kind of way to talk about these things. Yeah. You know, a lot of the time people have a reason for acting a certain way, but that doesn't excuse it.
1: Absolutely not.
0: You know, so for example, a lot of men may have a reason for acting in certain ways. One of that reason may be toxic masculinity. Absolutely, yeah. Could be all these things we've talked about. Now, that doesn't excuse that behaviour.
1: But if you understand the reason...
0: But talking about the reason and trying to work through that will help, you know, make progress on that issue. allow
1: you to be a better person in the long run.
0: And I I still think it's... Because that's the difficulty, I think, for a lot of women. We don't want to even understand the reason because it's been used as an excuse. Yes. And when it's done in that, it's like fuck, yeah. fuck you, I have no time for that. Absolutely. Because you know whatever your reason is doesn't excuse any shitty behaviour towards anyone else, you know, no matter what it is.
1: Absolutely. So final thoughts for Connor?
0: I mean, Connor just needs to like chill a little bit. He needs to grow up. That's so what he needs yeah. to do. He what, needs to be a big boy now.
1: What can what could make someone like that grow up though?
0: I mean, ultimately, the power that comes with his kind of financial status. To be honest, he needs a humble he needs a bit of humble pie. Yeah. But the problem is because he's such a dominant personality, and then the fact that he's so physically very dominant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I guess any to anyone that meets him in the back of their head probably is like this guy could really kick the shit out of me. Yeah,
1: that's almost going you know, to be You know, I feel like people aren't going to
0: challenge him.
1: He's kind of as much, enough of a wild card that you think, is he going to kick the shit out yeah, of me? Yeah, well, this th- is that.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Like, a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of fighters, just don't have that energy at all when yeah. they, they meet. But then, yeah, with totally. him, you're like, could he? Right. Could he, like, just punch me in the street? I don't know. Right. Yeah, he just needs to be a big boy now.
1: Okay, Connor. Put on your big boy panties. Put on your big boy panties. Let's move on to our second problem. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for the letter, Connor, my man. Now it is time for. A listener. Yeah, was your
0: letter inappropriate to Irish people, though? Why? Was any of it?
1: Yeah. an Irish. I don't think so.
0: We love Irish people.
1: Yeah, we do. We're big fans of the Irish people.
0: Our brother, My brother-in-law's Irish, so...
1: So it's okay for us to say that.
0: He gave us permission. All of Ireland said "Is that's okay. He
1: did. He said he went to see the Tosac? Tosac? Is that what they call the Prime Minister?
0: I don't know. I'm not interested in that. His mum, Maureen, is always trying to get me to go. And, you know, she's all like, oh, look, this is where the Parliament is or whatever. I'm like, I don't care about this. It's not even a cool building.
1: I don't care about it either, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> this is a listener in complaint. Complain? No, complain? not complain. Oh, no, don't complain. No. Give us <laughs> yeah, compliments. If you, have, if you have
0: a problem, you can complain.
1: That's right. We'll
0: read them on the podcast.
1: Actually, yeah, please send us complaints and we'll read them out. And, if your and...
0: complaint is Lisa's voice sounds like really nasally and annoying, then you don't need to write that in. I already know.
1: Yes. If your complaint is that I am a big fat hunchback, I already know. <laughs> don't write that in as you So. <clears throat> this is from a listener. This is on Curious Cat. I have no idea who this person is because it is anonymous. You too can be anonymous when you write in your complaint. Oh, I'm that was give... good. Thanks. You like your that? complaint? No, why do I keep going on complaints? <laughs> God damn it. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I just keep thinking it's a complaint. Anyway, here we go, Rudy. Really. Yes. <clears throat> hey, darlings. This is not a relationship question, just a very personal one. I have an older sister going on 30 and me in my early 20s. Through all of my adolescence, I've always been the good one, mostly on account of her being the really, really black sheep, even in our extended family. She is a drug addict, anorexic, and has ADD, ADHD personality. Growing up, she was one of my biggest idols, hilariously witty, so artistically talented, smart and beautiful, and still is in some ways. She's been battling all of these issues for over a decade, as I perceive it since she was 14 or so. I love her to bits, and she's been the most loving sister one could ever have. No real jealousy or sibling rivalry. She actually jumped for joy when I came into the world and did cartwheels when I took my first steps. We've had periods when we've hung out, but as she moved out when I was 12, we've not really been too close in our adolescence. In the next week or so, she's coming out of a legally imposed slash forced treatment and everyone in the family is getting more and more nervous once again, especially my mother. So many times we've been to the ER, so many rents that have been paid by my father, mother, gran and at times even me. I know it's not her fault but the effect it has on my mum and the tears and sleepless nights that she's given for my sister and the enormous resources that have been spent on her sometimes make me feel like giving up all hope on her. This gives me great guilt and I've lost all emotional connection to her. I want nothing else in the world for her to get well, but at the same time there's nothing I can do. This might be a question with little to no answer. How could one get over the anger towards a sister who's not really to blame for the pain she's causing my family or me? Answer or no answer, thank you for always making me laugh and thinking over serious issues.
0: So. Cool.
1: <clears throat> what do you make of that?
0: Okay, so that was intense. Uh huh. Um. Difficult problem.
1: Yeah, it's a kind of. There's, there's, it's not really a one-size-fits-all solution to that yeah, kind of issue. Yeah, I think...
0: So, first of all, can I just clarify talk about... I mean, yes. it must be so difficult. Like, I'm, I am have a twin sister. I are mean, really close. Um, and I know that kind of sister relationship is a really intense one. Um, and so it'd be really difficult to think that. I think, first of all, can I just say... with So, you know how I was just talking about the reasons and excuses? Yes. And it's... In a way, it's kind of similar mm. with with your sister's problem. It's no way at all your sister's fault. Mm. At all. But, ultimately, you share life with people and there needs to be some sort of acknowledgement on her part of the chaos that it's caused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, part of rehabilitation for any sort of addiction... You know, like a twelve step type situation. Yeah. Comes with acknowledgement of the hurt you've caused people. Yeah. And I think the, the the person that sent the letter is obviously a really good kind of caring sister. But I think the feelings that she has are completely natural. Yeah. I mean, and I think so I would feel I would feel guilty too because you're you're kind of you're in such an impossible situation, you know, like you're rocking a hard place, right?
1: Yeah, yeah completely
0: but ultimately you have to be able to tell your sister like how she's made you feel and how difficult that's been yeah. and i think everyone close to you in your family should mm-hmm. and ultimately that's some of the really difficult things with dealing with addiction yeah like as an addict you have to actually take responsibility for all of that mm. and it's not your fault and you know this is a really random example but like <laughs> Child soldiers randomly. Yep, love them. Th- when they get go through treatment now, obviously child soldiers. For anyone who doesn't know child soldiers. They're like threatened with extreme violence and blah blah, blah to force to become soldiers and forced- highly
1: effective soldiers though, able to fit through small spaces.
0: <laughs> forced to do really horrifying things. Yeah, no, that wasn't. Like, sorry, I, maim- don't I don't know why I'm making jokes uh, about that. Yeah, That's still like- maim and kill people, etc. But yep. when they go through treatment afterwards, they are kind of forced to confront. The things that they've done. Now, they're also at the same time ensure, like, the, you know, part of that is for them to understand that it wasn't their fault, mm-hmm. but they have to, again, take responsibility yeah, they for have to,
1: it. They have to sort of be confronted with the reality of what they've been Completely, because
0: let's face it, they did never want to, they didn't want to do that. They were forced to. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's the option of, I'm going to chop off your legs. If you don't shoot this person, yeah, we're, most of us are just going to shoot that person. But you have to understand that that life has been taken. And I know that's a really extreme version of what you know yeah. what I'm talking about. But, you know, it's kind of the same with anything like that. Same with even with mental health. Like, you know, I've struggled a lot recently over mm-hmm. the past few years. And there have been times when I've been really apologetic to you.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: things have been difficult for you. Mm-hmm. Now, it was never my fault and I don't no, think God, you no. blamed me, Jesus but Lord. that didn't take away the hurt or the stress or the difficulty that you faced. Yeah. And part of me having to kind of come to terms with this issue is that I had to sort of acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. And that is really difficult because you really don't want to face that. No. But you have to. And part of that is the process of like Getting healthy again, definitely. you know, yeah, yeah.
1: So, kind of, you've answered the entire letter, and I've all I've done <laughs> is pipe in with a joke about child soldiers, <laughs> which was super inappropriate. I'm sorry, I will definitely do better, but I do have to say that you can tell a lot, I think, about someone and how they feel about a situation by the way they write about it. Mm. Um, I can find that, a, a, a see, I see, you look through the letters that we get, and you can kind of, you can tell someone's bias from the way that they frame things. And I think from reading the way that you've given us your complaint, you are being the most sympathetic and supporting that you can be. And I can tell that because multiple times, any time you mention the effect that your sister has had on your life or your family's life, you, you go to lengths to say it's not her fault.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's a really great thing. So I think you are your underst your understanding of of what she's going through—not just her addiction, but her eating disorder
0: mm-hmm.
1: and her mental health problems. Um, it's really like it's there; it's where it needs to be. But the one thing I would say to you is, is the guilt that you need to address now. Like Lisa said, reasons and excuses. Given the reason that your sister's going through this does not necessarily excuse the impact that it's having. And you can't feel guilty about at times resenting her or being angry with her or being hurt by her or even even in moments hating her. Mm
0: -hmm. Because
1: the problem is eating disorders, addiction, mental health, whatever else can turn people into a very different person Mm. than they truly are. Totally. And you can look at someone... In the face, while they're acting like that, and you know it's not their fault. There is another is an external factor that's causing them to act like that. But if they're hurting you in that moment, that doesn't change the way it makes you feel. So Mm -hmm. you need to be less guilty about venting your frustrations about your sister. Uh It's not there's nothing wrong with saying either to her you hurt me, or to someone else she hurt me. One thing that I'd like to suggest Mm. that I have recently taken to myself Mm. and found actually has been like a great kind of solace to me is journaling. Mm. Now, maybe it's not for you. I find journaling nice because it is a place that I can put my frustrations or my experience of something that I don't necessarily... Think that it's going to be great for other people to hear about, and I can get that. And that's again, Lisa talked about, you know, the child soldiers, and they go through certain types of styles of therapy to get through what they've been. And journaling is something that's been is recommended mm. as well. You know when when particularly when you're dealing with a person, writing a letter to that person explaining how they made you feel mm-hmm. to an abusive person or former abuser, for example, I think that's when it's mostly done. I'm yep. just burning the letter. But getting it out, addressing it to totally, them in this formalised totally. way can really help unburden you with the feelings that you're having.
0: Totally. And I think can I just add that I think that I like I would really suggest like and I like talking about this to your sister. yeah, And even having a group discussion with like your mum or anyone else that's involved but I think importantly that the, the, the thing to remember if, if a real discussion does take place is the kind of the the kind of the energy that everyone goes into it with it shouldn't be like a you know this is what you've done and I'm angry at you over it it needs to just be like an expression of a, a, a sort of a what's the word like a what am I trying to say? Like a like an and like you need to just expel your emotions about it, mm. you know, like just getting that all. Ugh, I'm really ugh, I'm really stumbling my words. Getting that all out there, I think, will be really helpful. And you never know, there may be issues that your sister has, from her perspective, things that maybe weren't supportive or things that were done wrong. And I think you could all learn different ways of how your behaviour affected each other. You know, like I always say that. Like it's so funny. It's like, what of the last times Christy was here? Christy's my sister. Hey, Christy, um, and we had a weird argument, mm-hmm. and it was so funny, right? Because again, we're twins. You know, we we're very very close, so we know each other very well. But this argument was so weird. So she, she had she had offended me about something, mm-hmm. right? and i was like this is crystal clear this bitch right yeah. but then she started fucking crying right and i was just like this she's just making me this bitch right yeah and then it was funny because she ended up speaking to you about it and her perspective of what happened was so different from mine her tears weren't crocodile tears they were she was genuinely upset about it yeah but in my head it was so crystal clear and that's always something that i always Think about when I go into like any sort of argument or, um. you know, when I consider someone else's behavior. Cause you can be so like, oh, this is 100% what happened. And s- sometimes it's not. Sometimes how another person perceives it is different. So maybe your sister's got shit to say. Yeah, maybe. Maybe your mum's got shit to say. I think any of this, it needs to come, you need, this needs to be seen as like a healing exercise. Yeah. Not a blame, blaming or anger, nothing like that. It needs to be seen as just getting all out there. You have the right to say to this person, like, this really affected me, and this was this, and this was that, even if it wasn't their fault. Because the fact of the matter is, it happened. It happened, it happened. That's it.
1: Yeah, so you need to be, I think about your feelings, you need to be honest, but not at all judgmental.
0: And if you really want to say some shitty stuff... I know that's not as you use journaling. Say the stuff that you maybe don't want to say, that you know is irrational or mean or whatever. You can just write it all out there.
1: I find as well, as soon as you start to write it, even if you are feeling kind of irrationally shitty about something, by the time you get through the process of writing half of it, you realise how bratty it is and you kind of take it out. And it's a way of expelling that kind of the kinetic energy Almost yeah. that things like that make you feel in your chest when you're, you know, you're you're really fucking boiled up. Because well, sometimes something. when you
0: say something in the heat of the argument, and then after it, you're like, I don't even fucking think that.
1: Yeah, totally. So,
0: and that's the danger. Or hmm. I guess the second it leaves your mouth, it's it's out there, you know. So I think that that you know that kind of two pronged approach of journaling and actually having a sort of healing discussion, where you just get everything out in the fucking open. Hmm. Really, I think honesty. That's something again that me and Christy learned when we had to deal with quite a difficult childhood. Yeah, we became brutally honest with each other. And yeah, at times you had to be at times it's not great. <laughs> and it, it but ultimately when you're in a and difficult situations, you need that honesty because not being honest with each other can cause so many other problems further down the road. Yeah. And so yeah, I think that would be a good place to I feel emo- slightly emotional from that problem. No. I don't know. It like, hit me close to home. I don't know.
1: Do you want to stop recording?
0: No, no, no. Not at all. I you think that's it? fine. It's good. Good. You... Good. Please don't anyone write in about their dead cat. I'll feel like, oh, yeah, cry no, no, on
1: no, it. No, no dead cats. Lisa <laughs> will weep like a child. I would never read that to you by What though.
0: did I cry about the other day? Oh my god, the story about the old people.
1: Don't, don't. <sighs> You'll cry on the podcast now if you try to talk about it.
0: <laughs> What? Just just quickly, it was just an old couple, and the old man was getting taken to hospital, and the paramedic had to like make sure that the, the old then. the old lady knew that who wasn't going to see him again. And it was just horrifyingly sad, and I like sobbed like a fucking like a baby.
1: I mean, you've cried at a good few things recently. <laughs> you cried recently. You didn't cry. At the, you cried at the cakes. You definitely cried at cakes, I'm sure you did. Cakes? Not like, when I cry at a cake, it's because I really want a cake and I can't have it, so I cry because I'm frustrated at not having the cake. You were watching the, the Great British Bake Off and you definitely cried at a cake, I'm sure you did. I don't think I did. But you cried at The Great British Bake Off.
0: No, I didn't. I didn't cry at that.
1: Did you not? Were you crying about someone while watching it?
0: I cried at, I know what I cried at and I don't want to see it you'll get me in trouble for seeing it. Will I? Yeah. Let's it. I cried at a video of Daniel Bryan training to come back to wrestle on WrestleMania. Right, you did
1: cry at that, didn't you? I'm not getting trouble getting trouble for that. That's fucking genuinely emotional. That's yeah, the Dave story made me watch wrestling,
0: time. and now I like cry at Daniel Bryan because he like wrote just it was really played out in Total Divas and the Bella. Oh the look Bella at you! Show. Look at you!
1: No, I just watched Total Divas on E because I'm not one of those icky boys that smell like poo and watch actual wrestling. No, I only watch girly, pink girly programs wrapped up in a bit ribbon. <laughs>
0: Do you hear that everyone? He's not as woke as you think he is, right? Well I'm
1: doing an impression of you because you're like Uh, I only watch Total Divas. No,
0: what I'm saying is they really played out the whole angle of Daniel Bryan on Total Divas and it was very hard. He was a very passionate man and for his career to be taken away from him was heartbreaking and to see him return made me emotional and I fucking cried at it. That's reasonable.
1: Are you ready for the final letter? Yes. It's the last one so as is customary I'm going to kick back (laughs) relax Have a bit of fun. God. Have a little bit of fun. I hate you. To be honest, I, just had to, I was just leaning over and my butt, but whatever. Okay, you ready for this bad boy? Yes. <clears throat> okay, here we go. <clears throat> I am sitting here, stunned. Ooh. My relationship with Brent has been bad for quite a while. Brent? Brent. Okay. I was in the middle of getting ready for Easter with him and his family. I was looking at today as one absolute last chance to determine if we could even begin to be civil together if we were surrounded by loved ones. I figured, if we could get along, that was something. If we couldn't, it was time to move on. I was just getting my dress on, and his mum called. Naturally, I assumed she was telling me details of the day. She started off very friendly, but then she said, Look, I really need to talk to you. I said, okay. She said, Brent doesn't want to date you anymore and he asked that I call an entrance. <sighs> I seriously thought it was an April Fool's joke because this was on the 1st of April. <sighs> so I said, oh, ha, ha, April Fool's. She said, no, sorry, the date is bad timing, I guess. But Brent has already blocked you on his phone <sighs> and Facebook. Please don't ever contact him again. And then she hung up on me. I was still going with April Fool's joke, but sure enough, we're not Facebook friends anymore. I tried to call his phone and it didn't ring through, so I assume that I'm actually blocked. Then, like 10 minutes later, his mum called back and said, Brent has demanded, and I agree, that you two need to keep the circumstances of the breakup between you two. Can I just say this again for my own sanity? my boyfriend had his mom dump him for me. So obviously, my litmus test of Easter didn't pan out and we are broken up. What do I do with the fact that he had his mum do it? We basically have all the same friends. Uh. So do I say to them what happened? That his mum broke up with me? Do I post it on social media? That his mum broke up with me? I'm still in shock. I could devastate his social life, depending on how this is received. I don't really want to carry on long-term animosity, but for the love of God, his mum broke up with me. What did do I long, do did here? Did you say how
0: long they were together?
1: Uh... Nah, but let's just, let's just so say, it's a matter, right? this say it's easy. It doesn't matter, This is
0: the easiest problem ever. Yeah. Yeah. You tell fucking burn it. everyone. Burn, burn it, it to the ground. Burn
1: it to the fucking ground. I swear to God.
0: Right, you put it all. Right, and, and you know oh what? Oh my God. Don't even you be petty about it. Put it out there very informatively. Yeah. Just, this is what happened. Full stop. You know, and don't even engage in anything else. You don't need to. You just need to put that out there. I don't know. But I would also just make sure everyone knows. Like, get a Skywriter... <laughs> and like take a radio advert and like, like a TV advert
1: I feel like you need to go Facebook f- advert full campaign with this we need memes we need photoshops right. of Brent sucking on a titty we need all <laughs> the things we need the world needs to know about Brent I mean honestly
0: I mean wow
1: what? I mean okay what a on, family on, on, of so,
0: assholes that like, those are, Brent know, right? and his family I know
1: so Brent is 22
0: Brent.
1: and the, the lady who wrote this is 21 so I would say, literally, you are fucking a thousand percent entitled uh, what? to Can I tell just say, everyone about why this. Why
0: would she even consider not telling everyone?
1: I don't... Because she... Because
0: mommy said. Uh, the fuck's that bitch going to do? Fuck her and fuck her son. Like, honestly... If she but, comes round to complain but, about do you, you know doing what, right? it, white
1: trash her, Just fight her in the street. <laughs> totally. Fucking pull her weave. Do you know what, right? Kick her honestly, in
0: the so Firstly, like... That must be, like, the worst situation, right? Ugh. But see if his mum phoned you back and you just took that. I'd be like, well, I'm fucking tell everyone. You can fuck off too, you old cunt. Yeah, I said that. I called you a cunt Brenda and I would have hung up.
1: Yeah, your meatloaf's really dry, bitch. What? That's what I'd be like. Yeah. sassing or cooking.
0: I mean, to be honest, like... No. I mean, don't. See that bullshit about being the bigger person. No, bitch. No.
1: So, here is why. No. Because here is... Th- see, by doing... But this is the thing. Even by being mean about it, you're being the bigger person. Because here is the problem, right? Here is the root of why you should burn it to the ground after this. Mm. it's If someone breaks up with you, if, if you just are like, my boyfriend broke up with me because we weren't having a good time, I would not be saying burn it to the ground, right? I would probably be saying, well, you know, you need to think about your issues. Blah, 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 right? But having your mum do it, having your mum phone up to say, "I my son is breaking up with you, you are blocked, right? And then going through the process of blocking you on Facebook, completely. blocking you on social media, when you have been together for this time, so when you, you are yeah. adults, when you have friends in common, that shows a fucking deep-seated disdain for you as a person. Right. That is Com- disrespect. Completely. And that should be punished.
0: Well, and this is the thing, because you aren't even... Like, when you split up with someone... I think that you should both parties should be allowed an element of closure. Yes. So to cut off all contact without her control yeah. is such a fucking slimy fucking pathetic move. And like I'm sorry, the second phone call is the the one that really got me though. Yeah. To call back the, the audacity Dema- of
1: to that demand. bitch. I, to do, he demands and I agree.
0: Uh, oh, yeah, I know that. I agree, but oh, that like boiled my blood. Can bloods. you imagine
1: him just pure sitting with fucking like Cheeto Dust his mother? I demand she doesn't tell anyone about this.
0: Like honestly, and you know what? That's the worst part. Do you know what? That says a lot about him, right? Yeah. As a person. So he obviously is a little bitch that needs his fucking mum to break up with his fucking girlfriend for oh him. But he can't even accept... That that is the action he took. We were talking about earlier. Yes. Like, like yeah, completely. Like he can't even accept that that's what he did. Like, and he's telling you to not tell people, bitch. Why would you even consider listening to that bullshit?
1: Like I need you need to go. You said don't go petty. Just put up. No, go full petty. No, I this. think it would be Send no, no, no. Send pizzas you... to his house. <laughs> uh, write his phone number in toilet stalls.
0: No, in a way, you need to see what you're doing actually is admirable. You're protecting other women from him. Make sure every fucking woman in that whole... Wherever you live... It to be America because it mom. Yes, it is America. So wherever you fucking live, make sure every fucking woman in like... Dakota. Your whole fucking... T- is it actually Dakota?
1: No, I just think it is.
0: So every fucking woman in your whole city, town, whatever, knows the standard of man... That fucking Brent is. Oh Brent. And also his mum's a fucking bitch.
1: Right. Stay away from Do you know what? Not it's not even stay away from Brent because in his eyes, no one will ever be better than his mummy. That's true. Oh no one's better than my mummy. She wipes I mean, my bum bum and makes me like, like and breaks my she,
0: girlfriend me. I mean she could just play it like really like nonchalant, like I don't know what happened with me and Brent, it was really weird. His mum just put up with me. And then that's not even really her like being a being petty about it. She's just sort of putting out there. And let me tell you, news like that would spread like wildfire. Yeah, that's true. Also,
1: why are you even considering it? What leverage do they have on you? Like, see because someone's got the bravado I and mean, say I right, demand I it, and you're say, like, wait, do, do they wait, have the right well, to do
0: that? Wait, wait, wait. I mean, this is a, we we haven't considered the darker side of this. Revenge porn is a horrifying thing. Mm. What if he had us have something on her? Because let's face it, even though he is a pathetic little cunt that made his mum split up with you, I feel like that's the type of man that's going to fucking revenge upon you. All
1: right, can I so be... maybe
0: there is something on her.
1: So, remember, Aaron was talking about little boys, right, and how you know you know you're only you're only good if you're strong or you're good with girls or you're good at yeah. football, whatever, right?
0: Uh-huh.
1: A very. I know what men are like, right? And see, regardless of what she does here. He'll put that on fucking Pornhub and he'll show his friends.
0: I did think if that, he has that. That's on the thing. You, just I mean, well, I guess that's the thing. So I was going to say that. To yeah. be honest, that like, see, that whole situation is such an indicator of his character. Yeah. So yeah, you cannot trust a motherfucker like that. Yeah. So you're right. If he has got anything on you. It's out there anyway, bitch, so don't hold back because yeah. you're thinking he will hold back. And if you
1: do, do find out that he's done it, bear in mind that legislation exists. Oh shit, we're in Scotland, you're in America. We have legislation against it now. Some Scotland, sta- is
0: there some states? I don't know. I don't, if, I,
1: mean, I don't It doesn't seem like it in America. I'm not sure. I mean, if he, if Brent was black, he probably got a better chance of him getting arrested off the back of it. But, that's you know, Scott, we, we have legislation here, uh, and, but, you know, there, there's, hopefully there is ways and means of de- dealing with it where you are. I mean, we don't, don't know, know that that's
0: necessarily not, the case, I know. but it just, If we're dealing
1: hypotheticals, what if she's got a body, and that's why Brent broke up with her, because she's a murderer, yeah? Didn't think about that, did you?
0: Well, she should murder fucking Brent, Brent and his cunt mum. Yeah. Oh, honestly, for her to phone back, honestly, just set their house on fire, that's what you should do. Yeah, I agree. Set their house on fire.
1: Yeah, no, burn it to the literally burn it to the ground, not figuratively. No, literally. because then
0: you're the bad guy. Just destroy their life. Be
1: the bad guy. Every listen, I'll get no, on no, that. No, I'll no, get no, on no. that jury and I'll understand.
0: No, but what I mean is, surely it's you want to like, you know, you want to be the well, she is the victim of a fucking horrifying breakup, right? But she also just wants to. How can she destroy them more? She I mean, she could tell a lot of lies about Brent.
1: A tiny dick. What else? What, what else is embarrassing? Where's a man, bra? <laughs> um <clears throat> Is the male makes
0: her wear or. the same perfume as, a, as his mum.
1: Yes, oh my god, yeah and he kept me, I, just, I said his mum's we were at a, around at a party and I had to go to the bathroom but the bathroom was occupied so I went to his parents' ensuite and I realised that hey, all these perfumes that he's bought me over the years exactly the same as his mum and blouse, when, we're, when he's coming
0: he shouts mummy, mummy, Brent's a good boy That's
1: I mean what? that would be probably <laughs> a greater indicator than the, the perfume thing
0: well no, you have to build it, it's all about storytelling you have to make it seem really legit yeah. These things always happen gradually. Yeah. So you build up to the mummy, my Brent's a good Brent, boy.
1: Part. I had this weird thing where, like, we started off having really <laughs> vanilla sex, but then he started insisting on just sucking on a dummy uh. when we were doing it, and then eventually he asked me to fucking with a strap on while he sucked on his dummy. Then he would call me mommy. I don't understand.
0: Yeah, that's true. Oh, you,
1: could you just, just you zone right out there. I
0: did. I just had a really good eye rubby. So oh, yeah.
1: Oh, is that? I mean, you probably caught a day soon if you're now rubbing your eyes. <laughs> You've already spent the first ten minutes of the podcast talking about how sleepy you were and yawning. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're. I feel like your fucking second wind's gone. Uh, Final words for Brent.
0: Ugh.
1: Fuck you, Brent.
0: Fu- honestly, should, I mean, is it? Does it doesn't warrant my strong. I don't think it warrants a quite a kill yourself.
1: Kill yourself. Kill yourself. Brent, hey, you should kill no, yourself. I
0: think... Uh, no. Oh, goddammit. No, no, We're no, going
1: to no. do, con- do a content warning at the start of this podcast. We'll do oh, it next week.
0: Yeah, we were Motherfucker. Content warning at the
1: end. So, guys. Content warning. We've just talked about child soldiers really inappropriately. I did that. At least you didn't. Um, I think we just mentioned... What did we... Uh, adult baby... N- n- sex play we talked about that no
0: we technically didn't it wasn't full adult baby uh, you...
1: oh, oh, addiction we talked about that
0: uh, so um, yeah I don't think Brent should kill himself I think Brent should live for the rest of his life with everyone knowing that he's a fucking little weenie that made his mum phone his girlfriend just up with them. are
1: we bringing back the scarlet letter but for like douchebag men
0: I wish that was a thing right oh and I just wish everyone knows it and brings it up all the time to him and he has to be like uh, 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 but she was uh, uh." yeah and everyone's like whatever you fucking dick
1: People be like, oh man, oh Brent, oh we got so drunk last night, I'm so hungover, I can't go to work, And you get your mum to phone up and say I'm not coming in? Yeah, but yeah, for like you,
0: forever, forever, totally. like no one lets it go, you know it's one of those things that like no one stops talking about. Yeah, totally. He thinks his mum will say to him, don't worry darling, It'll, they'll forget about it in a, in a few months and no one fucking does. Right, and his
1: gravestone, here lies Brent, he had his <laughs> mum break up with his girlfriend when he was 22, what a pussy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yes.
1: I'm into it.
0: Yeah. And our advice to her is just, yeah, tell everyone, everyone, yeah. everyone.
1: Yeah, please tell everyone. Be petty. Be a little bit petty. Don't kill anyone. Just be petty.
0: You, you're not going to get your closure, kill a few so people. you need. <laughs> you're not going to get your closure, so you have to get something. So, revenge.
1: Revenge. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right. So that was some good advice, I think. Yeah, me too. I believe we're done for the week. I think that was great advice. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Good. well uh, Yeah. Good. Good. Let's shake hands. Shake my hand. Hang <laughs> right, on, do it over by the mic so you can hear it. Can you hear that? We're shaking hands, guys. Another, <laughs> yeah. another podcast well done. Your
0: hands are really sweaty. So are yours. Yeah. because <laughs> <laughs> I had under, under my legs. I
1: thought you said you do not have any underwear <laughs> on. That's why your hands are sweaty. I was like, I don't know how those correlate, but you know.
0: No pants, sweaty hands. I don't know why <laughs> yeah. that would be a thing.
1: No pants, sweaty hands. All right, this is devolved into bullshit. <laughs> yeah, Should we go?
0: Yeah, love you. As Bye. Then, wait oh okay sorry I jumped the gun I, w-
1: I want to do it with you but okay. I just, let's say send us problems leave us reviews
0: Ah, oh, Dave's became a real stickler for the review situation yeah, but do you know what? Uh, so really the way that you can get him to stop talking about it is by leaving fucking reviews yeah, if you don't
1: like him to talk about reviews then everyone in the world has to do a review yeah that's it everyone
0: that's it
1: please leave a review okay yep love you okay love you bye, bye. love you bye